Hi guys, Ashley here. We're back for the 40th episode. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the millennial pause. Have you heard of it? We'll tell you some more. Stay tuned. Ashley. Hey, how's it going? It's good. It's been a couple episodes since we've been together. I know. We we crushed some solos in there, hey? Yeah, some pretty good <laughs> ones. I think so. Mine was a little bit more light and fun, but yours was like really like deep and soulful. I love that. Oh. That's our podcast in a nutshell. I know. <laughs> it just flip-flops between who has the energy, right? <laughs> Because, like, you totally did one just a month ago for ADHD, so. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Amazing. Like, my solo episodes really depend on my mood, for sure. Like, (laughs) how mentally deep I can go. Um, Yeah. How did you like recording that? It was interesting. I think I had, like, a good plan laid out because I knew that if I just got talking about anxiety, I'd just, like, roll and roll and roll and roll. And, um. I think I followed mostly my plan. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to share with people what you've been going through, what you've like done to help yourself. And then like trying to take the spin that um, people with mental health conditions really can be thriving, not just surviving, which is, I mean, it's kind of hard to prove, you know, but um, just sharing like my experience, I hope helps others to see that they can thrive. I mean, I think you're thriving. <laughs> and the best part about thriving is that like, there is no, there's no like peak, there's no limit. Like you can thrive continuously forever if you want to, if you can. That's the goal. So yeah, I, yeah, I feel, I feel your thrive. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. So I was like really hoping that people would not be like, oh, dang another anxiety episode like we've all seen this we've all heard this and like that's true we've all seen someone's variation on that but I don't know I'm just hoping this one has a different edge and people will like align with some of the things I've gone through and I also just like really wanted to make sure people got the message that your therapy is like the things you choose to help yourself get through these things are not they don't have to be standard like, you know, like talk therapy is great and everyone says exactly. it, but to be honest, from years of doing it, I don't know if it helped. So <laughs> I I just like, I was like, do what works for you. Like, these are the things that work for me. And um, yeah, don't be afraid to try something different or like modify and shift. And also like, we're not perfect. Like we can have our tools and we can use everything that we have, but it like, it we go through phases, right? And it fails. Yeah, I'm I'm like super trying to stay engaged in this, but my cat, he's been quiet this whole time and all of a sudden he's screaming. I don't know if you heard me like unmute myself I heard to respond one. to you. Like, and he's ah! like, Mah! yeah, he's yelling. I don't know why. Is that Bones? Yeah, I'm going to go put him <laughs> out, out the other. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> he loves to gaslight Nestor. Because we started giving him wet food twice a day because he's old, he doesn't have teeth, and he hates drinking water. Oh. Sorry to like hijack this conversation, but he so he hates drinking water, and so we've started giving him wet food. But I'll give him wet food in the morning, and then he'll like gaslight Nestor and pretend like he's never had wet food. And then Nestor's like, "Oh, are you hungry? Let me feed you. Here's some wet food," even though he's already had it for the day because he only has it for like breakfast and dinner. But. Yeah, so he was just trying to tell Nestor that he hadn't had wet food, even though he did. 
You big liar. Such a liar. Anyways, sorry to hijack that, but no, that's the that's an appropriate finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's good. I'm really glad you covered that. I think it was it's it was really necessary, and I also like imagine it was probably like cathartic to you in some way because it was for yeah. me with the ADHD episode to just kind of like think through like the way my brain processes things and just like be forgiving of that, knowing that there are more people in the world that experience the same thing. I'm really trying my best to get a guest because there's some, there's a doctor I follow or we follow on Instagram and I think she's really cool. And she does things for like basically my age group and like a similar like lifestyle, like, you know, the pretty busy person with like a full-time job and like, that's very common, but you know, she has this particular demographic of person she's targeting to work for with anxiety and I think her comments are really on point and I would really like to get her as a guest and I've reached out to her and she's like yeah I'm really busy but in the fall so I'm hoping to turn this into a two-parter with her take on like managing anxiety but not just managing like I said thriving with anxiety and how she helps people do that um because you know talk therapy for me has been okay but not amazing so I think it'd be really interesting to explore her perspectives on talk therapy um especially with this particular age group and people with anxiety yeah that sounds that sounds great hopefully in the fall well do you want to kick off the episode with uh, any stories or updates that you have for uh, I don't know, last couple weeks yeah so I'm hanging out in Canada right now um I've been here for a little while oh Canada <laughs> our home and native land <laughs> <laughs> and we we have a lot of weddings it's like a wedding bonanza so we we went to the first wedding and it was on a small island called Pender Island and it was very beautiful and it was at this resort called Poets Cove and we had a lovely time and yeah it was great we just I I think the best part was well the wedding was beautiful and the food was amazing and it was good to see everybody but in the evening after all the stuff had finished and like the dancing was done cuz it was too late to play music um the bride was like, okay, everyone, we're, we're going to jump in the ocean. So we literally all jumped in the ocean. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and there the was cold phosphorescence. Ocean. <gasps> super, super, super cold ocean. But the phosphorescence was out of this world. Like, it was, like, bright blue. And I couldn't get a good photo of it, but she had this photo of herself from the night before. And it was just, like, she was an angel. Like, she was, like, swimming like that. And there was just, like, blue wings and blue, like... fans behind her legs like it was so cool yeah so that was a huge highlight wow Mm -hmm. oh that sounds gorgeous yeah I can share my like messed up pictures but yeah I mean nothing beats seeing it in person that's a dream and we get a lot of that here in California too but I just always miss when it comes through because it's only here for a few days usually when it waves in yes you're totally right so I haven't seen it in California because I haven't been paying attention but we got so lucky so that was amazing and you're right it was freaking ice cold um (laughs) but we jumped in this hot mineral pool after so yeah from Alaska probably oh yeah we Um, did lots of lots of jumping in the ocean even in the summertime but it would 
freezing every time. It is no California ocean, not even close. Yeah. So what about you? I don't know what your fun updates are. Oh, they're not really that fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, so I guess like, let me get the the less fun one out of the way. I had a family emergency um, and I flew out to Georgia slash Alabama um, for a couple of days to see some family. So that's kind of where I've been. And that's why I've been like MIA slash not wanting to talk to anybody. Just like processing a lot of family stuff. But on the more fun side, a couple of days before that, we had a photo shoot. Um, I don't think we've discussed that since we've done like no. little hints here and there. So I'll leave that as my story slash fun update is we had a really amazing photo shoot. We will tag the photographer who we worked with in the show notes um, and we'll drop a sneak peek on our Instagram. We haven't done that yet because they're literally so perfect. We don't know which ones to share with you guys. Um, <laughs> That's true. They're, they're amazing. So um, that's my, I'll just leave it at that. I had like family emergency and also photo shoot. Yeah. Totally. Um, what's your sunshine medicine? Well, I guess sunshine medicine has been family and friends and being able to see people back home. It's been really nice. Pretty short and sweet. Just being around nice. them. Sure. I get that. I get that. Mine is also the pictures of us. <laughs> I like, I, I'm like, I, I dropped it in two places, but I'm just saying, like, when <laughs> I saw so those good. photos, I was like, oh, there's some, like, especially, like, there's a couple of you and I that I don't want to use as our cover photo, but I'm like, they're just such good photos of us. Maybe we could use them as our, like, headshot for, like, guests and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I have two other sunshine medicines, though. My other sunshine mm-hmm. medicine is Los Angeles, because being back in LA, you're going to feel the same when you come back. It's like there's no better sunshine medicine than L.A. And then my last sunshine medicine is Bunda because I went back today for the first time in like six (laughs) months. And I'm really proud of myself for not pushing myself too hard because that's very easy for me to do when I'm like getting back into working out. I'm like, all right, back at the 20s, back at the 25s. Like, no, I'm like on fives and eights on everything. And I'm like not compromising on like body weight on some stuff. It's been so long. so. That was really, really, really nice. It was my favorite instructor. Um, he always has such such great energy, such good music. Um, his workouts are nice and uh, varied. Um, so yeah, it was really good. That just like it made me feel really happy to be back in LA doing some bunda. Yeah, yeah, I totally know what you mean. It's like you get back there and you're just like, oh, it's so beautiful and everything makes sense. <laughs> The breeze. There's just always yeah. such a nice light breeze to just welcome you totally. home. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. What are you looking forward to? Well, coming up. Um. So I have a week off the first week of September. So I'll still be in Canada, but we might go on some hikes, which will be beautiful. Um. And then, honestly, along the same lines as you, I'm really looking forward to getting back to Golds. Um. I hired a personal trainer and it was going so well in August. Um, and it was like, I'm so happy to be home and visiting everyone, but I'm also like, ah, I'm missing like that routine and just like uh, feeling better about my body. Like it's not about weight loss, but I was seeing like little shifts in my face and I'm just like, Ooh, that looks tighter or like, Oh, okay. That's like a little less jiggly. And I'm like, yes, like feeling stronger and just feeling more confident. And now I'm like, Mm, I'm on vacation for like three weeks. Well, workation. And um, 
I'm just not like, I don't have that routine. I don't have those options here. And it's just like a little hard to live with. I'm like, it's okay. It's just part of life. Like, yeah, but I'm excited to go back and get like that schedule. Yeah, I think maybe something you could unsolicited advice moment. I think something <laughs> that you that I think might be really interesting for you to try out is like getting really comfortable in those spaces because I feel like that's a pattern that I see like whenever you go out of town, you get really hard on yourself about not having that routine and I'd be curious to see how like you make the most of losing a routine. And I say that because I know that I could work on that same thing myself. Um, Cause when I was in, when I was in Georgia, um, very similar in to you in that, like, I didn't have structure. There's like, there's not the same foods that I eat. Like I'm in Alabama, yeah. middle of nowhere, Alabama. I can't even eat vegetarian 90% of the time. So I don't eat <laughs> like, I'm like, I'll eat cheese and crackers. <laughs> so like, I, I hear you and I get that. But I think, I think maybe like for both of us is like how, because we, we just like really heavily rely on LA and all the really cool stuff we get here. I think that maybe we could work on, um, like getting really comfortable with that awkward, like no routine phase. I think that's something that I really tried totally to work right. on when I was there is just like accepting that I didn't have all the things that I had. Like, it was so funny. You should have seen me pull out ice cubes from the freezer because I didn't have my face roller. I'm like, oh, like I'm being too much. I'm like being too much already. Like, it's okay. It's not a big deal that I don't have my ice roller. <laughs> so <laughs> I know what you mean, though. It's so true. It's just like, okay, it could be better, but it's going it's okay that I don't have it yeah I'm I'm gonna survive like it's okay if I just eat like whatever the whatever everybody else eats here for a week like they're not gonna die I'm not gonna die I'm not gonna put on 800 pounds I'm also not gonna lose you know 800 like it's just you know this very short amount of time to enjoy it yeah it's gonna just fluctuate around the same mark like I can be patient yeah I think patience is like one of my number one flaws (laughs) I don't oh, have I it. You. I feel you. I'm the same. And and the reason why I was like giving you that unsolicited advice is because like, again, I'm just like going through that myself. And I'm like, I think I needed to hear that when I was there. It's mm-hmm. just to like, let it go. Um, but yeah, take it or leave it. That's up to you. No, it's good advice. <laughs> I think I need to be in the moment more because if I'm sitting here being like, wow, I could be working out. It's like, yeah, but also you could be visiting family and friends, which is not something you get access to every single right. day. Oh, well, I should say BC family and friends. So it's just like, yeah, chill out, man. It's balance. Chill out. Yeah. Balance is <laughs> it's rough. Balance. It's hard. It's we should so do an episode hard. on that soon. That's, that's a hard one for us. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a what's hot? Oh, I haven't done my looking forward to yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm always so That's excited okay. about the what's hot. <laughs> I know. It's the what best part. What are you looking part. forward to? <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward to making more art. I felt really inspired <gasps> recently. I went to the Nadia Lee Cohen exhibit a couple of weeks ago. Um, she's a photographer, director, artist um, who I feel style just like aligns so perfectly with like the kind of art that I want to be making. So um, I'm just feeling very inspired. I ordered myself... I had a bunch of coupons from work. Like they'll send me, if I give a review, they'll send me like an Amazon gift card or whatever. So I had a bunch of them collected. So I just had a bunch of money on Amazon to drop. So I bought myself like a sketchbook, some paints, some like uh, drawing pens. And I have like a bunch of stickers. Um, And I'm going to go back to like my art journaling days because I used to be a really big art journaler. um, And I completely forgot like 
that part of me. So I think part of like my rediscovery is just like rediscovering all the things that I love. And that's one of them. So I'm looking forward to like tapping into my art side a a Uh, lot more than I have been. That's so cool. You know that I would love that. That's amazing. I'm so excited to see what you create. I just, uh, anytime someone's like, I'm making something with my hands. I'm like, yes, you are. Good job. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, that is the best. Katie, did you know one woman or a person who bleeds will go through 150 kilograms or 330 pounds of tampons, pads, and applicators in their lifetime? No, I did not. And did you know 90% of them are plastic? Ew, that's really gross. I feel like there should be a better period product on the market by now. Well, there is. Meet Dame. Dame is on a mission to make periods positive and sustainable, accessible and acceptable. Their award-winning effective period care is free from toxins and single-use plastic. In 2018, they launched with their reusable tampon applicator in an effort to reduce plastic waste. In 2020, they dropped reusable pads, which quickly sold out during their first release. And there's now a waitlist for new products dropping soon. That's awesome. And right now, Dame is offering our listeners a generous 25% off your first order. Whether you're in the market for a sustainable period product or you're in need of a clean and consistent tampon brand, Dame has what you need. Now shipping to the U.S. in over 200 countries. Dame is confident you'll love your new products. They even have a 60-day refund policy. Try Dame today at weardame.co and use code COCONUT25. That's weardame.co and use code COCOANUT25 at checkout. Now back to the episode. Anyways, so tell us what's hot uh, so we can wrap this segment up. It's so funny that you're like... I'm going to make art because mine is a a new artist that I found the other day um, that I've fallen in love with beyond reason. Her name is Kelsey Floyd. You might have seen her or heard of her. She's a self-taught potter. Um, She's incredible. I don't know if you look, you probably didn't look because I didn't give you much time to look, but basically she I'm looking it up now. Yeah. So her work is very like so pottery. It's wheel thrown pots. Um, but they are not like anything I've ever seen ever in my whole life. They're very wide, they're very tall, and they have a very distinct Ooh. chain mail on them. Yes, I've yeah. seen her stuff on TikTok before. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's yeah. Her like her stuff is gorgeous. It's like jaw dropping. It's just like, how did anyone think of this? And you know what? It's cool. Um, Ice, like she does some like fashion, like get ready with me kind of things because she's also pretty stylish. And I noticed there's quite an overlap between what she actually wears and how she makes her stuff. So she has like a lot of like belts with links like that. And so you kind of see like the overlap, which is kind of cool. I'm like, she's really inspired by that in her personal life and in her like artistic yeah style yeah yeah so really cool and she's self-taught she said she started in 2020 totally see yeah I think that's when I saw her on TikTok I think like at the start of like uh, COVID I remember seeing some of those chain mail stuff or like uh, maybe not chain mail but chain link pottery chain link yeah like a chain link fence it's very interesting so anyway she's gone from like 
you know, like doing okay. And now like, I just feel like her work has really taken off. It's really refined. It's quite shockingly good. Like her earlier stuff is kind of like, yes, we've seen this before, but her latest stuff is very unique. I would love to take a pottery class. I think that's so cool. Oh, I would go with you. It's super hard. Um, I'm the worst. Yeah. Quite frankly. I've never tried. It looks messy in the best way. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. So what's your, what's hot? We're allowed to talk about that now. (laughs) Yeah, um, my what's hot, um, I have two things. One is communication. Uh, It's just top of mind with family stuff and and everything. So um, yeah, communication's great. Um, Always trying to work on it and always trying to help others work on it. Um, And then the other thing, the more material, what's hot, are these color lights that I have in my house. I think they're like the Philips Hue lights, but basically they're just regular light bulbs that I put in everywhere. And they have like this little remote that I can switch the lights on around. So I have like one on my ceiling and then one on my desk lamp and I'll just change the colors around. I also have a lava lamp, which I talked about on (laughs) my last episode. Yeah. So like my whole room is now this like beautiful color like space. It's so awesome. I have them That's also. Cool. I think we put them in the bathroom and the living room. We just love the color lights. <laughs> it What's the favorite color? The it's so fun. What's the like current the color favorite? combo we're on is like orange and purple. Ooh. Those are like the two. They just look so pretty together in the same space. Um, but then the teal is also really nice. It's great. It's like space. It's like space colors. Exactly. Like if we're living on Mars. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a tie on my side. It's wicked. Um, so let's jump into the episode. Do we have some goals? Um yeah. Ashley brought this one to the to the plate this week, um, which is, is such a timely and fun, I think, topic. I'm I'm really excited to dive into this with you. So this week we're gonna try to talk about the millennial pause. So I thought that the episode goals should be to tell people (laughs) (laughs) what that is. (laughs) Um, And then maybe we can debate and discuss if it's real and our experiences with the millennial pause. Um, Yeah. So really loose, loose guidelines here today. Uh, You, you can join us for an interesting discussion about the millennial pause. Yeah. I think we could talk millennials forever. Let's get into it. All right. So I thought we could talk about first, like, the description of the millennial pause and... Um, yeah, and where it came from. Because this, this is a new term, and it's a very trending term. Um, yeah. Most people, I think, will know it from the headline. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure people are like, ah, yes, I know. But I, if we give you a bit of a background, you might... If you're not getting it the first time, you'll get it. So basically, there's an article that came out on August 6th in The Atlantic, um, written by Kate Lindsay, and it's called, Are You Sure You're Not Guilty of the Millennial Pause? And in that article, uh, Kate talks about basically what she's noticed and what others are commenting on. So she describes it really well in the first paragraph, and I've got sort of a segment cut from that. It's the split second before millennials start speaking, just to make sure that the TikTok is actually recording. And it's coming out of a comment made by Nisi Pisa, 
at Nissy Pizza. It's a 28-year-old YouTuber and TikToker who lives in Boston, and she apparently coined the term on TikTok. Um, and it was in reference to Taylor Swift specifically, who she said can't avoid that cringy little pause in all of her videos when she first starts talking. And she's like, God, will she ever stop being relatable? I think we can all relate to the Taylor Swift, like, half-second, like, stare down. Um, but now this is being taken a little further to say, well, all millennials have that pause. Um, so, yeah, that's basically the description yeah. and where it comes from. Yeah, really interesting. Ashley and I have been sharing, like, videos back and forth on TikTok of, like, just, like, different discussions and breakdowns of of the millennial pause and, like, what this means and, like, why it's gotten so much attention. I think it's really interesting um, that something so, like, whatever has grasped, like, everybody's attention. Like, why is it such a big deal that there is that one-second pause before? But I think the reasons why is what makes it really interesting. Um, so tell us kind of what you discovered um like how you heard about the article um, and like what your first uh, like experience of this like idea was. Um, so it was a TikTok. I actually think it was Kate Lindsay's TikTok that popped up for me. Um, there's a lot of people like reposting her TikTok and a lot of people commenting on the TikTok, but I think it was the original one from her. And basically she's like just giving the definition and explaining it. And then she shows some videos of people in her TikTok and she just references other people that are showing other millennialisms. And so it's pretty informative and it's, I don't know. Basically I was like, I hate this. This makes me angry and I'm going to share it and then we can debate it. Um, but it's hard to like debate in like, that it doesn't exist like it clearly exists it's just upsetting you know like <laughs> um what what part of it upsets you the most okay well there's two parts so the first part i think that stumped me was they say like the millennial pause is the defining characteristic but it's not the whole thing like it's just a good term to describe all the millennialisms that are occurring so but I got stuck on like the millennial pause and I was like, I don't do that. And I even looked at my videos. I'm like, I don't do that. But they say that um, millennials typically have this pause because they're looking at the camera to see if like the camera is recording as sort of an artifact of older technology. And I was thinking back and I was like, I do not know what older technology they're talking about. Maybe there was some really shitty technology back in the day, but it did not affect me. Maybe video cameras. I was like, I'm well, not sure what you're talking a- about. Yeah, so I I know I know exactly what they're talking about, and I think this is probably the thing that really defines who, I guess, like is guilty of it. Um, it's people who were on social media from the very beginning. Social media uh, in its early creation, YouTube, Snapchat, um, all of those uh, early video uh, platforms, Vine, they all had a like a reload phase, basically where it's like three, two, one, go. And now we're recording. Like there was a a pause in the actual tech of those video platforms, Mm. but they were all social media based. So if you were not on those social media apps in the early days, then most of those people don't have that because that kind of um, that like pause only came from social media. It didn't come from like recording videos on your like cool pics camera or your like camcorder. That's why like older, older millennials don't necessarily have that because they're kind of leaning towards the gen x side because they had that technology to lean on so the millennial pause i think is more like 
it's a very specific demographic of millennial, which is why I think this is so interesting is because I think a lot of people are reacting how you're reacting, where it's like, I don't fall into this bucket. Um, and who is in this actual bucket? Because I don't know anybody, right? But when you start thinking about it, it's like this bucket really specifically belongs to the people who are early adopters of social media. And like, it makes sense with Taylor Swift, right? Because she's had to learn how to advertise herself through all, like totally. from, from MySpace to now, right? So if she started on MySpace, she was on Snapchat, she was on Vine, like whether or not she was making those videos for herself, like you were on those platforms, so you know that there was that kind of like piece of technology. Apparently Snapchat even still has that delay, so yeah, it's it interesting. Yeah. It's like it really depends on where where you were when those apps were around. Totally. And I think that's exactly what I'm experiencing. It's like I was like a creative and I was probably doing all these like recordings and things on my own, but I wasn't using social media as a kid, right? Like I adopted social media in my like early 20s. And I think by that point it was a lot better um maybe it's still also mostly improving. text and photo too yeah mostly text and photo um so by the time tiktok came out and it was working just fine like i had to just learn with like the tech that everyone was learning with so i kind of skipped that right and maybe i'm considered well i don't think i'm considered an only an older millennial so there must be like older millennials who just didn't do it or, or use it. And so now they're just suffering. <laughs> then there's kind of like the middle millennials like me who are like two, two minds, like either they were early adopters and now they have the millennial pause or they were not. And that caused them grief in many other ways, but now they're not suffering from the millennial pause, um, but they're suffering from other millennialisms. And then the young millennials, yeah. which is like more where you're at. And it's like, probably not as crazy for you because you are already using TikTok like as soon as it comes out because you're closer to Gen Z. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is like there's so many different like breakdowns of like where you fall in the millennial line. It's like the closer to Gen Z you get, the less likely you are to have the pause. The older, closer to Gen X you have, the less likely you are to have the pause. So it really is that kind of like middle ground. Um, and I think you fall into that age bracket of the people who do have it. But I think because, yeah, you weren't, your priorities were different. Like I think people who fall into like your age bracket also separately will fall into two two categories. Like the people who are active on social media and the people who are not. Totally. And like the things that I was active on, like you said, were like photos and texts. So it was, I didn't use mine. Like I didn't really make like, yeah, video. I hardly, I had Snapchat let's be honest during university that was big um but it's been like 10 years so yeah Yeah, I don't know I thought it was really weird at first I was like okay what is this pause but then as soon as I kept reading and I was like oh okay it's a mark right but but millennials have all these other things like they have the quirky silly jokes strung together with the like different um internet isms that only sound good on the internet that they will say out loud i was like okay yeah uh-huh uh-huh check check mm-hmm. yeah 
yeah, so I would really love to dive in a little bit to like what the specific millennialisms are, like what you think they are or what we've been told they are um, from observation. Because I think this this part of the article is what I find the most fascinating and the most easy to debate. Because like, like, I mean, we got doggo, we got like, what are all the internet ones? You tell me, tell me what yours are first and then, and then we'll go on to mine. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think just like thinking about my personal experience, I think it's just a product of whatever you like listened to and watched and did on the internet in like your early twenties. So like between my friends and like what I know, there's just always like a lot of MSN memes and like MSN references. There's like Nyan Cat. There's the Teen oh, Girl gosh, Squad. Oh gosh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> I forgot about Nyan Cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like, yeah, Teen Girl Squad was huge. Um, What's that? Oh, um, Strong Bad. Like, Teen Girl Squad. <laughs> like. You don't know that? I don't know that one. No. Oh my god. No it's so embarrassing. I don't even know what to describe it. It's like a Was cartoon. it like a TV show or? It's like an internet cartoon show. Mm-hmm. And it's got it's like three or four girls that go to school and they all have horrible names and they do stupid things. Like they're literally called like the ugly one, the other girl. Like that those are their names. Like Oh my it's gosh. So it's stupid. not the Barbie thing, is it? It's not the Barbie no. one, is it? No, they're like stupid. Do you remember people. the Barbie one? Where it was like um I don't even remember what they were saying, but it was like these Barbies that would say ridiculous things to each other. It was like Kristen Cacciatore was like one of her names, one of their names. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. Cacciatore? And it was like with Barbies that that's a very, very one, like big one that sticks out of my mind of like old millennial jokes that totally. I still don't even like grasp. Um, there was the um, the unicorn one. The magic unicorn. Um, there was the the spoons, the rusty spoon fingers. What was oh, that God. one? Oh God! Oh, you remember? Yes, I do. Or there was old like Greg. all these really, really strange. Yeah, just strange YouTube cartoons. Um, that was such a huge thing back when I was in middle and high school, um, which I think really shaped the humor of older millennials because I think older millennials were the ones creating those memes uh, when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A lot of that. And then a lot of like the adulting that really blew up when I had just left high school Um, is like, Oh, like hashtag adulting, like uh, coffee before conversations or whatever. It was, it was always something like silly like that. Yeah, totally. That one was big for us too. Me, I'm one person. Yeah, <laughs> that that was big for me too. Um, I feel like sorry. Um, oh, go ahead. Like they say, like things on on the article, like doggo, and I can't even. I'm like, well, I didn't really use those because I didn't really use Twitter or Tumblr, but. I think a lot of my jokes were probably YouTube based. I feel like YouTube was much, much, much bigger for us. Like where where I'm from. Yeah, no, for sure. Because my older brother is like that a lot too. Um, 
I was definitely on Tumblr and Twitter. Um, I remember when Doggo was a thing. I remember when, like, I did a thing was a thing. But I still think the people who adopted that were also, yeah, kind of like in your your age bracket. Like, the people who are using that are now at least 30 years old. I don't know anybody younger than 30 who has said I did a thing unironically. Um, or yeah. So that's the thing. Like when I think about the people in my life that have, have just said like, oh, I did a thing outside of that specific, like Tumblr phase of like 2012, I know that they're older. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So there are, that's there are exactly people who like identify is. themselves with that. But the thing is like, they say that and it's like, it, it dates them for one of like, you're clearly an older person, but also like you're clearly st- not on the internet now like you were used you used to be on the internet and then you just left the internet and assumed the internet stayed the way it was i think that's what cringes gen z out is that like millennials are so busy now that they don't have as much free time to put on the internet as gen z did and as they used to be able to when they were younger so like their idea of the internet is now like very outdated because they haven't had that much time anymore i think that's like where the main disconnect is i think so um i think what it is is like these are all marks of millennials aging as the internet progresses and she talks about how it's like millennials are aging out of the internet and i disagree i don't think millennials will ever age out of the internet because that suggests they don't know how to use the internet or that they don't understand what these new things are that are developing. I think millennials are perfectly well-placed to understand that trends change and grasp new trends. I think that you're exactly right. They're too busy to care. You know, like they do know how the internet works. They're not surprised by Gen Z and they are grasping the changes. It's just, they're not, they're not making new ones right now. Right. And I think that's what is hilarious for Gen Z to watch a millennial do because it, yeah. it it just gives it gives boomer energy. Like when you're like, I acknowledge that that's a thing, but I'm still going to do my old man thing here. It just it gives boomer exactly. energy. And I think that's what makes it cringy in general is like the unwillingness to to like keep up. But also something that I saw um, a lot, a lot of commentary on is like the um the way that race plays a role in this because race always plays a role in the way that we talk about major uh, communities and populations but specifically with this article a lot of the criticism i was seeing is like um the people who are saying those words are not people of color people of color are saying you know things like um I mean, like the terms that Gen Z are, is using now, like, uh, I don't even know. All of those ideas just left my brain. Um, well, you're, you're kind of saying that like a lot of people of color develop things, right? Like often trends are coming from these communities. What first. I'm saying is there's a difference between Gen Z and millennials in the way that other races play into the generation as a whole, how the generation is viewed as a whole, because, um, Again, like you, you aren't going to see black communities saying things like doggo. It's a very like white thing to say. It's a very like, not only does it date you in your age, but it also dates you in your race. Like, um, but you have the Gen Z uh, demographic that is a bit more like inclusive. 
uh, to other cultures, but also in kind of a negative way, they appropriate a lot more because they're trying to be less white. They're trying to be less like aligned with millennials and less aligned with the color of their skin. So we're running into this issue where Gen Z is starting to appropriate black language um, and use it, claim it as Gen Z language. So that's a lot of criticism that I'm seeing from the black communities is like, um, gosh, let me pull up a term. So I'm not just like throwing nothing out there. Um, that makes second. sense. Okay. Literally two second Google search. Um, terms that Gen Z uses, drip, hits different, snatched, bet, skirt, no cap. None of those were created by a white person. I, I will put money on that. I will bet my life, but none of those were created by a white person. But that's the thing is like those terms are like now Gen Z slang, even though they were created by the black community used by the black community. And now when you have like a bunch of white teenagers using these words like no cap, it makes those words cringy. We're going to run into the same issue when Gen Alpha comes through and is saying like, ew, you guys are saying no cap. That's so cringy. Like we don't say that anymore because that's that's appropriating or that's like really cringy. Like we're going to run into the exact same thing. And it's just like, that's how generations move. But I just find it very interesting that Gen Z tries so hard to not align themselves with, you know, racism or exclusivity, they're trying to be inclusive by also appropriating language that isn't their own. So I find that funny. I find that interesting. But also it could play into the fact that there are more uh, uh, more popular accounts of people of color now than there were when we were watching. Like on YouTube, most of the people oh, on YouTube yeah. are white. Uh, now it's totally. a lot more diverse. So just some things to think about when we're, yeah, thinking about like the terms that we're using and, and how we claim them to be like millennial terms when usually it's like a specific micro demographic of millennials still using those millennialisms. Yeah, and their origins, you're totally right. And I think that's a good point, just like Gen Z defining themselves as less white centric when like white Gen Zers are still white Gen Zers, you know? Like it's a little yeah, bit awkward. Exactly. Like, it's like, okay, great. I'm so glad you're being inclusive, but hold up. Like that's still not Don't a forget, great you're approach. Also still white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like hold on. Yeah. Like I think millennials got you on that one. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's a I'm little seeing, odd. I'm seeing a lot of really interesting discourse around that too, of like where where Gen Z is going to end up. Because we have now the term Zoomer, which is like the Gen Z equivalent of a boomer. Like they have their own nickname now because yeah. we're seeing a lot of boomer behavior in Gen Z that we're like, wait a second. Wasn't the whole point of Gen Z is to like get away from the boomer mentality, but because they're running so far and so fast away from it without like checking themselves, they're like falling back right into that same cycle of, uh, of kind of like hate. You know what? Do you have examples? Uh, yes, I do. Like the Karen, for example. Like um, we have the the Boomer Karen. Uh, let me speak to the manager. But then we also have the Gen Z Karen, who is like, oh, you know, I'm going to blow up your business on social media and tell everybody to never shop from you again because I didn't have a good experience and you guys are racist and blah blah blah. Even though they probably aren't, or like, there's not there's not been like enough. Um, forgiveness given for like very small human errors. And it's like for Gen Z, 
any small human error is just any big error. Um, so I do notice that like companies will get blasted for stuff that they didn't even really do wrong or, um, yeah, a lot of situations like this, um, it, it falls, I think, into the cancel culture bucket of like, yes, uh, boomers are the the start of cancel culture as much as they will be like, oh, we are not cancel culture people. They are the start of cancel culture. So I think Gen Z is just an extension of that if they're not careful. Yeah, I think the cancel culture has reached a pretty high pinnacle with Gen Z to a point where sometimes I'm just like, am I old or am I just grumpy? Because I don't, I don't agree. I'm like, this is intense. Like, I love the whole, like, don't believe everything you think, everything you hear. Like, you should critically think about the things that you see online, that you see every day. Um, we need to be more inclusive. Like, all these things are good messaging, but cancel culture has gotten so extreme and I think that's like what we're seeing with Gen Z yeah yeah and I think too is like where where what do we call canceling too is like because we can say that we've canceled people but in reality like we're still seeing Louis CK do comedy shows that are selling out and we're still seeing like Chris Delia doing the same thing like these people that we've said are canceled because they've done really horrible things are actually still having very successful careers so like can anybody really be canceled? I don't think so. I think the thing that Gen Z needs to figure out is how how to create not canceling, but accountability, which I think is where they're trying to go with canceling is creating accountability. But when you just cancel somebody and say you're canceled, like we're not consuming anything from you ever again. Like, do we create, like, do we ever allow for people to learn for one and two, do we create accountability so that if we want people to learn, are we making sure that they are learning? And if they're not learning, do we continue to keep them accountable until they do? I think that's like it, we've simplified it into canceling because the accountability part is quite difficult to do as a community. Well, I think jumping back to the article a little bit again, um, I'm just trying to think like. Do you feel like millennials are aging out of the internet? Like, do you think that this whole article is like a mark for how millennials are aging right now in the age of the internet? Or do you think like that we still have a chance? I think yes and no. I I, I hear the writer out when they're saying that millennials are aging out of the internet because I see it in a lot of ways. I see it in the ways that I'm like, millennials are busy, too busy to care. Like I said that earlier. I think for those people, yes, I think they're going to have a very difficult time keeping up with the internet um, because it's the same reason why we laugh at old people for not knowing how to like install a photo to their phone. It's like, because if you're not moving with technology at the pace that technology is moving, you're going to get left behind regardless of where you were when technology was created. My grandparents were there when the refrigerator was created, when the, you know, when cameras were blowing up, but like they still don't know where the technology is now just because they knew where it started. So I think that's the trap that we could fall into, but I think any generation could fall into that. I don't think that's a millennial specific uh, problem. Um, But I also, uh, I know that (laughs) millennials are terrified of being irrelevant. So I just don't, think as a whole millennials are going to age out. Um, I think individually, yes, we're going to see that. What do you think? No, I totally agree. Like I, I think that because 
millennials were there when it started, it's going to be pretty much impossible to age us out. Like, if you want to phase us out, like, you can try, but it's not going to work. We're just going to make our own, like, micro worlds in the internet, and it's going to be there forever. Like, you cannot get rid of millennials. But you're totally right. I think individual millennials will give up and drop off. I think it takes a lot of effort to keep up with the internet. Um, So I think people of every generation are eventually going to find that it's just too much. Like it moves so quickly and it's just a lot to take on. Like it's just like, if you don't have a job that's online and you're not just like secretly scrolling the internet on your nine to five job, like you just don't have time, right? Like it takes so much effort. We're not unemployed 17 year olds. Like not all of us are in that age group right now. Um, but it's hard. Cause it's just like, it's affecting like, like the internet isn't just like memes and like, like videos and social media and like short and long format things. Like it's like everyday stuff. Like the other day, Mike was like, let's stream this, this video or this show. And we're like, oh, okay, we're probably going to have to stream it from somewhere. Like what's the latest streaming service. And then you have to like go through all those ads and like find that website that works and which one hasn't been shut down. And he was like getting so angry. Cause he's like, I haven't been on the internet long enough. I don't know which one everyone's using. And I was like, oh yeah, that's like a mark of not using the internet and it getting really, really irritating. Cause it's been like a year and it moved like so quickly and now like we can't do something we know how to do like it's just so aggravating exactly and it's going to continue happening like that that's what i mean so it's like on an individual level if we're not careful then we're going to get really lost <laughs> really quickly we're going to have like our three websites that we can reliably be like okay yeah. <laughs> i know how to click these buttons tell me teach me um i think there's going to be a probably a big learning curve for millennials that we're not prepared for just because we've been so we're like oh we're versed at everything but i think technology is just advancing beyond our comprehension uh and who knows what products are going to be put out there in the market that we just are like how do you do this oh wait you only click one button and this one button does that? What? Back in my day, you had to click three buttons. Like, it's going to feel like that. And I think it's like the acceptance individually, I think it's really what's going to make or break us as a full generation. Totally. And it's funny because I feel like we're the first young people to be called old people. Like, I, know. I was not raised to be called like an ancient person on the internet at 32. I'm like, excuse me, but I think that is not correct. But then I'm like, okay, all right. I struggled to understand how to make a TikTok. I <laughs> was very angry at Reels for the first three months. Um, I'm getting better. And I'm just like, okay, if I ask for help, I will I will continue to thrive. But if I ignore my problems and squirrel myself away, I will become old. So, like, any advice to any millennial who is attempting to stay relevant, and I don't even mean relevant, like, I just mean, like, functional on the internet. Like, it's okay to ask for help. Like, you are old. You can accept that, and it is hard. And if you need help with modern technology, you can ask for help, because then you will be able to give help to your fellow millennial peers, you know? Exactly. And at the end of the day, YouTube is always there for us. As long as YouTube oh exists. Oh, my God. I think millennials will be okay. 
<laughs> do not change the YouTube format. Everyone will be so upset because <laughs> that is how we learn the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think the millennial generation is just holding it strong because YouTube still exists. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I mean, the day that they switch Googling, that'll we will collapse as a society. Everything if you have to do changes. something with Google, <laughs> YouTube, Google, like... Control F, uh, I th- like these are the things like my, that's, oh, that's my- another millennialism. We literally, when we graduated from college, we were all like, thank you to Wikipedia and Control F. That is how I got my degree. So I don't know if that's still cool or. <laughs> I hope it is. Cause I still control F everything. <laughs> I know. I'm like that. I can't live without certain things on computers and, and, and the internet. But yeah, I mean. I think going back to just like my original response, I was just like so angry. I'm like, no. Um, but then it's like truly reflecting. Like it has been really hard for me to to get up to speed and to be able to make this podcast. So maybe I'm just reflecting on the fact that like, hey, I'm doing much better now. That's not true. But like a year ago, like that was true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely interesting. And it has has us all reflecting. I think for the first time, millennials, like you've said, we're being called old and we're being called irrelevant. And I think that's the part that we're struggling with. We're just not good at being irrelevant for, because since, since millennial, the term was coined, we've been on the news everywhere. Everybody's been obsessed with us. Nobody can stop talking about us from boomers to Gen Z, like center of attention. So when, when there's an article that's coming out, that's like, Hey, millennials, you're not as the center of attention as you thought you were. I think that just like put us up for an existential crisis. <laughs> I think so. Or we were still the center of attention, but we didn't like why. <laughs> we're like, no, yeah, that's, we built the internet. I feel like we should be comfortable with that, though, from the avocado toast incident to now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, it was like. It was like, yeah, it got really angry. And then I was just like, okay, that's like a silent acceptance. But then I was also kind of like, hey, if Gen Z thinks that they're safe, they are not safe. Like you've got T minus like six years before this is you. So good luck to you. Godspeed. Goodbye. Gen Gen Alpha is coming for you and they're going to bite you in the neck. So... Yeah, those kids are vicious already. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was just like, yep, here we go. That I, like, I'm so curious to see how this is going to go over the years. Like, what's Gen Beta going to do? Like, what Like, what about when virtual reality is the norm and it's not on the screen? Like, what are... Yeah, when there's no such thing as, like, a Wi-Fi router. It just exists. It's in the, it's in the actual cloud. <laughs> yeah, it's actually in your clouds. So I, I just think it's funny. And I think that probably this uh, difference between millennials and Gen Z is the the biggest gap will, or no, sorry, the smallest gap we'll ever have because the internet is only going to move faster. So I think when when Gen Z has to face their aging out with Gen Alpha making fun of them, I think it's going to be even more cruel because that internet is going to change at a much more rapid pace. So they're probably going to phase out more steeply. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think so we're getting it easy. Everybody's just, yeah, I think collectively everybody's just ready for Gen Alpha to rip Gen Z apart. Not, not <laughs> for like 
just for fun, but like just so, yeah. So they know how it feels, <laughs> but also, um, yeah, reality check, reality check much. I think every generation needs a little bit of that. Totally. And I mean, it's only fair. We've been, we've been like telling our parents they're crazy for too long. So karma has come for us. Um, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and karma's a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. Well, I feel good about this episode. I don't know if I really have any anywhere else to expand on this because I feel like this is one of those really good discussion episodes where I'm like, okay, I could sit here and think probably for another few hours of just weird things millennials do and why that's irrelevant to relevance now. Um, yeah, I think it, I think this is an interesting conversation, but it's only the beginning. Yeah, I think what we need to do is follow this conversation online and maybe do a follow-up episode at the end of the month and see. Ooh, that'd like, be fun. Yeah, see what's happened, see what's changed. Maybe we can get a guest who has some edge in the, the space um, and have another debate. I would really love for people to engage on our Instagram about this story. Like you can en- engage on our stories, on our posts. This will be coming out probably mid early mid-September. Um, so check on the Instagram. Talk to us about it. This one's perfectly positioned for you to get on there. Unless you are an older millennial and you struggle with the internet or you're afraid of the change, then we won't see you on there. But I'm so glad you're listening on this podcast format. Um, yeah. One Engage with us. Time. It would be good. Mm-hmm. One <laughs> yeah, step at a one... hearing from you guys. <laughs> yeah. One step closer to irrelevance at a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, this has been fun. I, I always love podcasting with you, Ashley. I feel like um, Same. having these solos is really nice, but it's so great to just like connect with you one-on-one, even without a guest and just like, yeah, banter. Yeah, me too. That's the original podcast format, isn't it? So <laughs> It's good to go back yeah, to the original. Exactly. It was working. Some better. Still working. Some better. <laughs> <laughs> I did a thing, Katie. I did a thing. Sorry, it had to go in there. <laughs> uh, like, it, it like triggers it triggers this like flight instinct in me just like instantly okay like ah run away from the millennial i know um, it's disgusting that's so funny <laughs> okay well um thank note. you guys so much for listening it's uh this is the coconut grove podcast uh, i'm katie i'm ashley and thank you guys so much for listening uh we will see you next week bye see you the next one bye